part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Philippians and, uh, and I think we have um, Pastor Bobby um, shared from this passage previously. So my goal this morning is to reinforce and to expand on what he has said. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll read from verse 22 to verse 33. Ephesians, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 22 to verse 33. I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives, wives submit, should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a pro- profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33. However, each one of you must also uh, you, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Let us pray. Father, enlighten us this morning. Speak to each person that is there. And may your word challenge, convict, and convert. Pray that we will hear from you. It is in Christ's name. Amen. My title to us is The Biblical Understanding of True Love in a Christian Marriage. In the last few weeks, Pastor Bobby has been challenging us to have a Christ-centered marriage. He has mentioned that marriage was not man's invention, nor did it originate in man's intuition but it was all God's idea. He also mentioned that man should leave, cleave, and weave to his wife. He also mentioned that we should not, should not have a consumer relationship, but a covenant relationship. We find that in our society we live, in the society that we live, we adhere to a more consumer relationship. How this relation, all this relationship benefits me. Rather than a covenant relationship, 
where my desire is to please my spouse. In light of this, we find marriages coming to an end after 5, 10, 15, 20 years and more. The reason for the divorce is that we just don't love each other any longer. Sadly, they have concluded that their marriage is not worth fighting for any longer. They have concluded that their marriage has lost the central basis for continuing. And so, it is time for us to go our separate ways. The Christian homemaker decides to leave her husband because he doesn't love her any longer. The Christian businessman decides to leave his wife because he doesn't love her any longer. The Christian plumber decides to leave his wife because he doesn't love her any longer. The Christian teacher decides to leave her husband because he just doesn't love her anymore. A couple struggle through years of marriage because they don't have any love for each other. If this is where you are, if this is where a friend or a relative is, if you are considering divorce, may I suggest to us this morning that we are making four critical mistakes. If you are a young person who is thinking about marriage, and thinking about marriage, there are four things you need to consider before you get married. If you are a young couple who have just gotten married, then there are four things you need to take into consideration. Or if you are a seasoned married couple, like myself, then there are four things you need to avoid in order, to, in order not to, f- to fall into this situation. If you are counseling a young person, a young couple, a young, a young, a young person, or young couples, then there are four critical mistakes you should teach them to avoid. If you have a friend or a relative who is considering the divorce, then there are four principles you need to arm yourself with and encourage them not to get divorced. When a couple says we don't love each other any longer, what they're really saying is that we don't feel anything for each other any longer. What they're thinking of is a feeling. What they're thinking what they're, what they're thinking of is a, is a love that is based on the emotions. When the husband says, we don't love each other any long, longer, they're speaking of a romantic love that is firmly rooted in the emotions and is expressed strongly emotionally, in strong emotional feelings. When the wife says, we don't love each other any longer, what she's saying is that, I don't have that sexual desire for my husband. May I suggest to us, that is our first mistake. That is our first mistake. Many of us, if not all, when we, many, many, many of us, if not all, we first, when we first got married, we base our decision to get married on the emotion or sexual desire to our partner. A Christ-centered marriage, a covenant marriage, is not based on feelings, the, the, the mistake we have made and others are making is that we do not understand the nature of true love in a Christian marriage. To the, to the husbands in Ephesus, the apostle writes, Husbands, love your wives. 
in the Greek text, he uses, he uses a word that is very significant. There are four verbs in the Greek language that, 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 that signifies love. The first verb is erao, which is a sensual or sexual or compassionate love. The significant thing about erao is that it is never once used in the New Testament. The second verb is that it's often translated love sometimes used in the New Testament is tergo. This verb speaks of family love. It speaks of parents' love to children. The third verb is phileo. And this is a deep emotional love. When our Lord stood by the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus and wept, the friend said, Oh, how he loved him. That is phileo. This is a deep emotional bond one has for another. The fourth verb is agapao. And it is the verb that is used in Ephesians chapter 5. From the word we derive the noun agape. Agape love is a, is a very distinctive love. When the, lawyer said to, when, when the lawyer said to the Lord, what is the greatest commandment of all? The Lord responded, the Lord responded you shall love the Lord thy God. Then he said, the second commandment is like unto the first. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. And in these two summed up the law of God. The ethic, the ethic or the principle of the New Testament is agape love. Agape is the nature of true love in a Christian marriage. What are some, what are some characteristics or distinctive of true biblical love? First, agape is volitional rather than emotional. The Lord commands us to have agape for one another. You cannot command someone to have a feeling for someone. The fact that, the fact that it is commanded clearly su suggests it is volitional. One theologian said to say that love is a feeling or, or anything of that kind is an unchristian concept of what true love is. Did you realize how unchristian it is to think of love as a feeling? Another theologian said, Agape is not primarily an emotion or an, or an affection. It is primarily an active determination of the will. Where you decide you are going to love the person in spite of how I feel. Agape is not volitional. Sorry, agape is volitional, not emotional. The second thing about agape is that it's an attitude, not a feeling. Agape have an attitude of considering or seeking or caring for the well-being of others. It is an attitude of the will where I'm considering, I'm considering the well-being of my partner. The third thing about agape, it is discerning. Agape is not sentimental. My love for my wife should not my love for my wife should discern between what is harmful and what is helpful for her. In light of this, I should set my mind toward doing that which will be helpful for her. What am I saying? Agape seeks what will, 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 will be to the benefit of the other person. It seeks the well-being of the other person. That is agape. Fourth thing about concerning agape is that it is indiscriminate. That is, it does not discriminate 
between a person who is worthy of it and those who are unworthy of it. The Lord says to the husband, have agape for your wife. He says to every Christian, have agape for your neighbor. And then he says to every, every Christian, have agape for your enemies. Listen, believers, agape is indiscriminate. It does not discriminate between whether she is worthy of it or unworthy of it. It does not discriminate wives. If he's a good husband today and not a good husband tomorrow. There's not a good husband tomorrow. This is what covenant relationship is all about. Agape is an attitude, of, is an attitude that seeks the well-being of the other person, whether that person deserves it or not. That is agape. That is agape. The fifth characteristic of agape is that it is unselfish. It seeks the well-being of the other person without any concern of receiving back anything in return. A love that is based on getting something in return is not agape. It is, it is a selfish love. Agape love should be the ethic of every Christian believer. It should, be the, it should be the ethic of every Christian marriage. Listen, believers. One theologian said, A love that is based on emotions is a selfish love. It is not agape. Agape is volitional. It is an attitude. It is discerning. It is indiscriminate. It is unselfish. As we examine the scripture, we see what true, true meaning of agape is. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. God gave his son. He was not selfish. We did not deserve it. He agaped us. He was unselfish. This is what, this is what the Christian life should be all about. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're counseling someone, if you're considering a divorce, if you're, consider, if, if you're considering to be married, may I suggest to you that you need to understand the true meaning of agape love in a Christian marriage. It is not a feeling. It is not an emotion. It is not a sexual desire. It is agape. It is an attitude of the mind whereby you set yourself to seek the well-being of your partner regardless of their worth, expecting nothing back in return. Mind, that is the nature of true love. That is the nature of true love. Yes, love is to seek the well-being of the other person regardless of their worth and expecting nothing in return. Radley, you're saying, how can I continue a marriage when we have no feelings for each other? How can I get married to this person when there, when there are no emotional connections with each other? I'm sure you don't expect us to continue in marriage without any feelings for each other. May I suggest to you that couples through the centuries and even today has been following one of the most unbiblical, unex unexamined, and blindly followed teachings of our culture. The teaching is that romantic the teaching is that romantic love is the only viable basis for marriage. 
because the teaching contains the word love, because the teaching contains the word love, we contend that the teaching must be biblical. Many, many, many believe that romantic love is the basis, or the only basis for marriage. This is our second mistake. We do not understand the place of true love in a Christian marriage. We do not understand the place of agape love in a Christian marriage. Romantic love, listen folks, romantic love should never, should never be the basis for Christian marriage. There are many different cultures where, where there, there are many different cultures where marriages are planned. I remember going to school in, in Maryland, and this young lady, I think her family were from India, and this young lady, her parents, her parents was arranging her, her, her partner, and were planning to be married. In our day and culture, that would be unconscionable. That would be unconscionable. I am, I am, I am, I am not suggesting that we have planned marriages today. I'm not suggesting that. I am glad that I chose my wife, and I'm sure she's glad she chose me. And I'm sure, and I'm sure you are glad that you, you chose your, your partner. Maybe you're saying if, if parents choose, choose, a, choose a wife for their son or, 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 or a husband for their daughter, it would be out of pure luck why it works. Listen, do, do not miss this. Happy marriages are not the invention of our culture. Rather, the invention of our culture is that romantic love is the basis for marriage. Because we have followed our culture, that romantic love is the reason to be married, we see the alarming divorce rate. Marriages that are based on feelings and romance, marriages that are based on our culture's definition, will, will end up in divorce. Will end up in divorce. We see the appalling rate of divorce in our culture and even in our church. The invention of our culture, the invention of our culture, romantic love, has made a negative impact on our marriages in our world and our society. Although, although we all at one time or another believe that, that, that romantic love is the basis for entering a marriage and is the basis for continuing continue a marriage, from God's perspective, that is not true. I can recall also attending school back home in Jamaica. There was this professor, Mr. Lansenner. He was married for over 50 years. And he maybe met his wife maybe once or twice. And they corresponded via, um, via mail, not where they're writing letters, not email or texting or anything like that. Or FaceTime or Facebook. And they were married for over 50 years. They were married for over 50 years. What? This suggests is, suggests, suggests is that romantic love is not the basis for entering a marriage and it is not the basis for continuing the marriage. What is? It is agape love. Marriages in the Old Testament, marriages in the New Testament, marriage in some African and Indian cultures, marriages in different cultures demonstrate that from God's perspective, romantic love is not the basis for entering the marriage and it is not the basis for continuing the marriage. What is? It is agape love. It is true love. It is Christian love. It is God's love. It is unconditional love. 
That is the criteria for, con- for, start, for entering the marriage and that is the, con- the, the criteria for continuing the marriage. If you're considering marriage, if you have just gotten married, if you're considering divorce, if you're counseling a couple, may I suggest that we need to understand the place of true love in a Christian marriage. As we examine Ephesians chapter 5, there are some specific teachings laid out to the Christian husbands. The husband is instructed to be the head of the wife. That means he's responsible for the leadership in the home. The husband is also instructed to give his life, to care for her, and to protect and to nourish and cherish his wife. We're also told, told in, in 1 Peter 3 that the husband should honor his wife to esteem her highly and to consider her of great value. She is a valuable, delicately put together object. Husbands ought to honor her. Consider of great value and great worth. Husbands, this is why we enter and continue marriage, not romantic love. The criteria for entering and continuing marriage is that the husband sets his mind towards seeking the well-being of his wife whether she's worthy of it or not, expecting nothing in return. By giving her the leadership she needs, by caring and protecting her, by nourishing and cherishing her, by honoring her and, and considering her highly esteemed, who is valuable and delicately put together by God. Wives, this is why you enter and continue marriage. God has, said, said in the, God has said in the text that she must love her husband and she, will be, and she will do it by fulfilling her responsibilities. The text says she should be submissive to her husband. A term that conveys the idea that she should be the subordinate, not his footstool. Genesis 2 tells us that she should be the helper. Proverbs 31 says she should be the homemaker for her husband. Therefore, she sets her mind to seek the well-being of her husband, whether he deserves it, or whether he deserves it or worthy of it, expecting nothing in return. By being submissive to him, by being the, whole, the helper for him, by being the homemaker for him. The basis for entering and continuing a marriage should not be romantic love, but it should be agape love. The problem is. We do not understand the place of true love in a Christian marriage. The agape love, agape love is the basis for marriage. It is not an emotional love. Radley, what, am I, what are you saying? What you're saying is all good. What you're saying is all good. A husband should set his mind towards seeking the well-being of his wife. Whether she's worthy of it or not, expecting nothing in return. By giving her the leadership she, she needs. By caring and protecting her. By nourishing and cherishing her. By honoring her and considering her highly esteemed who is, a, who, is a, who, is a, who is valuable and delicately put together by God. But you know what? I just don't have that kind of love for her. Radley, you're right. You're right. As a wife, 
I should set my mind to seek the well-being of my husband, whether he deserves it or worthy of it, of, of it expecting nothing in return. By being submissive to him, by being the helper for him, by being the homemaker for him. But guess what? I just don't have that kind of love for him. The problem is, the problem with this thinking is that we believe that love just happened. We think that love is just something we have or we don't have. This would be our third mistake. We do not understand the, the source of true love in a Christian marriage. What is the source of true love? Or who is the source of true love? True love. Christian love. Agape love. Unconditional love. Comes from one source. And that source is God. That source is God. John says in, in, in 1 John 4 verse, verse 7. Agape is of God. And he or she who has agape is born of God. Paul reminded the Galatians that one of the fruit of the Spirit is agape. In Romans chapter 5, Paul said, the, the, the agape of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Agape does not come comes from within. It comes from without. It comes from God. It comes from God. You may, have, you may, you may find emotional or romantic feelings within us, but you will never find agape love. Agape is of God, and if you're a born-again believer, you have agape. Therefore, therefore, do not tell me you cannot love him. Do not tell me you cannot love her. Agape is of God. If you are a born, if you're a child of God, you have the potential, you have the capacity for agape love. Every Christian has the, have that capacity to see the well-being of the other person regardless of their work, seeking nothing in return. That capacity comes from the, very, from the very life of God in you. It comes from the very life of God in us. The problem is, the problem is, we have not realized that potential. We have not realized that potential. Pastor Bobby said a few weeks ago in one, of the mar in one of his messages, although you're a Christian, although you're a Christian couple, does not mean you have a Christ-centered relationship or Christ-centered marriage. What he's saying is that we have not allowed Christ to be the center of our personal life and also of our marital life. In light of this, we have not realized our potential. May I suggest we have to cultivate a relationship with God before we can cultivate agape love for each other. Are you hearing me, folks? We have to cultivate a relationship with God before we can cultivate a relationship with each other. Here's what I strongly believe. Most relationship falls flat on its face because both parties are not connected to God. When our spiritual life is dead and shriveled, guess what? Our married life will be dead and shriveled. What about those personal times when you spend time 
when you spend alone, alone, when you spend alone in quiet submission to God, in His Word, on our, on our knees, surrendering our life to Him, cultivating that spiritual life. When we spend time cultivating and developing our spiritual life, the fruit of the Spirit will develop and grow in us. How do we expect to have a God pay for one another when we are not cultivating that spiritual life that produces that agape? How? It will not happen. Your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, what about your own personal relationship with God? Where you spend time in the Word, on your knees, involved in a life group, Practicing what is preached here on Sunday morning. Doing some service for God as, as spiritual lives are cultivated. If you, do not, if you don't have agape for your wife or your husband, why don't you turn to God and confess, and confess your sins to Him and ask Him to give you that agape for your, for your husband? That's agape for your wife. Lord, I do not... Have that agape for my wife, for my husband. Lord, please grant me this agape. Please grant me this agape. Trust God to give you that agape. Trust in Him. He will give it to us. Husbands, as you honor and cherish your wife, as you care for her and protect her, as you nourish and and honor her and esteem her, Highly more than any other. Trust God to give you that agape. Wives, trust God as you move forward, forward setting your mind, to, to, setting your mind to, to, towards seeking the well-being of your husband. Whether he's worthy of it or not, expecting nothing in return. By being submissive to him. By being the helper for him. By being the homemaker for him. Trust God to give you that agape. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Trust God to give you that love for your spouse. In our prayer life, ask God to give us the capacity to find this agape to each other. You see, we do not understand the source. We do not understand the source of true love. In a Christian marriage. It does not come from within. It does not come from our society. It comes from God. You're saying Radley. I understand. What you're. I understand what you're saying. About the nature of true love. The basis of true love. And the source. Of true love. But. How can I continue a marriage when there's no feelings or romance for each other? How can I continue a marriage when there's no romance or feelings? This would be our fourth. This would be our fourth mistake. We do not understand the product of true love in a Christian marriage. True love. Agape love. Produce the feeling that has been lost in a marriage. As a, Christ, as, a Christ, as a Christian, as we set our minds for the well-being of the other partner, 
as we have that, that attitude of caring for our partner, as we give, uh, give, our, give of ourselves to our partner, as Christ did for the church, the feeling will grow. The romantic appetite will grow. Love in the first stage is not a feeling. It is a given. As the given is given, it produces the feeling for that individual. If you are here this morning and you are considering marriage, listen, true agape love will sustain the romance in the marriage. True agape love will sustain the romance that you have for each other. Most of us, when we are getting married, we were, we were asked, why are, we, why are you getting married? By a counselor, by a friend, or, or by some relative. And the answer we give was because we, 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 we love each other. When you're asked to explain why, you say because we have this strong desire, this strong feeling for each other. What you're thinking of is a strong romantic attraction for each other. If, you had, if, if, we had, if we had continued on this path, where romantic love is, the, is what sustained the marriage, I believe our marriages will all end up in divorce. But thank God for His grace and the fact that we are born again believers. And we have the gift of the Spirit. True love, Christian love, agape love is what sustained and what will sustain the romance throughout marriage. Romantic love does not sustain marriage. Romantic love does not sustain marriage. The Christian husband or the Christ Christian wife who fails to implement agape to their partner and therefore does not give, does not lead, does not submit, or does not care, or does not honor, will soon discover that the romance will fail. It will disappear. If it, it, it is our agape for our wives. It is, it is our attitude of the mind set towards seeking the well-being by giving her the leadership. By caring, by caring for her and nourishing her. And giving our life to look after her and, and honoring her. It is your mindset. It is our mindset. To seek her well-being in this way that will sustain the romance throughout the marriage. Wives, it is your agape for your husband. It is your determination of, of mind. It, 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 to, to, seek, to seek his well-being and to be the, the helper for him. To be, the, to be submissive to him. To be the whole maker for him. It is that frame and that attitude of mind that will sustain the romance throughout your marriage. Listen, if the romance is gone in a year, if the romance has faded, it is because we have failed to practice agape. It is because we have failed to practice agape. It is that practice of true love in a relationship between a husband and a wife that will sustain the romance in marriage. And I'm sure we want that romance in our marriages. It is the practice of agape that will sustain the romance. If you have lost the romance, 
for your spouse. May I encourage you this morning? Not only does true love sustain sustains romantic love, but true love generates romantic love in a marriage that has lost it. When the husband says, we don't have any feelings for her anymore, well, we need to inform him that he needs to learn how to love her again. Well, if, we, if you can't love her as your wife, the next best thing is to love her as your neighbor. Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. And you don't have a closer neighbor than her. And if, you, and if, and if, still, and if, if there's a problem still, and you can't love her as your wife, and you can't love her as your neighbor, then the next best thing to do, or at the lowest level, love her as your enemy. Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. So don't, so the thing is, the thing is, you don't tell me you cannot love her, or don't tell me you cannot love him. The Bible commands us to love. That is the command of every Christian. It is a, it is, it is a Christian attitude. So don't tell me you, you can't love her or, or you can't love him. We're commanded to love. As a Christian, love your husband, love your wife, or at the next level, love your neighbor, or at the lowest level, love your enemies. It is the ethic, it is the, it is the command of the New Testament church to have agape. If you are a believer, you have the potential, you have the capacity to love each other. Husbands, learn to love your wife. Set your mind toward caring for her and seeking her best interests. Wives, learn to love your husbands. Set your mind toward loving him and seeking his best interests. Let me encourage us as we develop the appreciation for, of the position that God has given to us, the husband and the wife, as we develop, develop a mutual esteem for your partner who occupies a position of great honor, a very distinctive position, which is given to us by God. And as we set our minds to seek the well-being of the other partner, the feelings of romance will be generated in our marriage again. There's hope, folk. It's not all lost. There's hope. It's not all over. There is hope. The mistake we have made in our marriage is that we do not understand the product of agape. We do not understand that the product of agape is the feelings of romance that can be generated again in the Christian marriage. If husbands and wives obey the principles in God's word and have agape that is discerning, indiscriminate, unselfish, volitional attitude of seeking the well-being of your partner, we will, we will have a marriage that will sustain, that will stand the test of time. If you're a young person this morning and your desire or you're considering to be married, then there are four things you need to consider before you get married. If you're considering divorce, then there are four things you need to practice so that 
your marriage, your marriage does not end up in tragedy. If you have been married for a long time, then there are four things you need to start practicing. If you are considering, if you, if you are counseling someone, then there are four things you need to inform them about. First, we must never think, we must never think for a minute that the nature of true love in a marriage is romantic love. It is agape. It is agape. Agape is discern, it's, it's discerning, indiscriminate, unselfish, volitional attitude of seeking the well-being of your partner without expecting anything in return. Second, we must never think that romantic love is the basis for entering a marriage or continuing a marriage. It is agape. Third, we must never think that we have the capacity for love within us. That will make our marriages, marriages work. What we have is a self-love. It's the world's love. The source of true love comes from only one source and that source is God. Fourth, true love, agape love, Christian love, unconditional love produces and generates romantic love. If you're here this morning and you have challenges in our marriages, may I suggest to us that we need to Follow these principles. And I strongly believe if, you, if we follow these principles, we'll have a better marriage. But maybe you're here this morning, you have never trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you're married. And you're going through struggles. And you're wondering why my marriage is not working. It is because you do not have agape. You do not have, because you're a, you're, you're, you're a sinner and you need the Holy Spirit within you to produce that agape. You were, you're born in, you're born in Adam. You have Adam's nature and you, had, and you have Adam's life. What you need is a new nature, a second birth. You need God's life and God's nature. So if you're here this morning, and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you are struggling with your marriage, your marriage, may I suggest to you to put your faith in God. Put your faith and trust in God. And then you can have, He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and you'll have the capacity to love. As we close with this last, last song, may I encourage us, may I challenge us, if you're, if you're, if you're considering marriage, the altar will be open. Bring your wife, bring your, 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 your husband and come to the, to the altar and, and, t- and tell God about your marriage. Say, Lord, I've not been living up to all these expectations. I've failed in many ways. I've not, I do not understand the nature of true love. I do not understand the place of true love. I do not understand the source of true love. And guess what? The source of the, 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 uh, our love, uh, our love will produce romantic love. When we have this agape love, it will produce romantic love. And I do not have that for my wife, for my husband. Why don't you bring your wife, bring your husband, and come to the altar, confess our sins to God, allow Him to renew us. He asks Him to give you that agape. Ask Him to give you that nature where we can love our wives and our husbands. Let us pray.
Father. You know we have not, we are failing in many ways as husbands, as wives. We have not arrived and we will never arrive on this earth. So in light of this, Lord, we we ask you to take full control of our marriages. We ask you to take full control, Lord. We know that we are failing in many ways as husbands and, and wives. We have not we have not loved as we should. We have not cared for our wives and husbands as we should. We have not practiced agape love. So Father, we ask this morning, we will come to the altar and we will confess our sins to you and seek to love our wives and love our husbands. And if someone here is is not saved and they're struggling, whatever they're going through, Lord, pray that your Holy Spirit will enlighten them pray that your Holy Spirit will convict them. And we pray that your Holy Spirit, Spirit will convert them. Touch the hearts, Lord. Touch hearts. Just change our hearts, Lord. In Christ's name. for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.